Well, this morning I would like to have you uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at the second part of a message that I began last week. We're looking at the first part of Ephesians 6.17 on the helmet of salvation. And as I mentioned to you last week, that little phrase, and take the helmet of salvation, is filled with all kinds of truth. So much so that it takes us two weeks, or will take us last week and this week, to go through it. What I'd like to do is I just want to... Uh, read verses 13 through the first part of 17 for you. I'm preaching through the book of Ephesians. If you're visiting with us this morning, we're in chapter 6. We're in that section, that great section on spiritual warfare and the armor of God. And this is what the Apostle Paul writes. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation. Last Sunday morning, we looked at part one of three parts of the helmet of salvation. Today, we're going to look at the other two parts. Last Sunday morning, we looked at the fact that in our salvation in Christ, we put on the, salvation, the helmet of salvation to remind us constantly that we have the wisdom of God in Christ. If you know him as your Savior, you have the wisdom of God. You just need to remind yourself of it and avail yourself of it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, Christ has become for us wisdom from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the very end of the chapter, it says, but we have the mind of Christ. And as I shared with you last week, that as we saturate our lives with Scripture, and as we pray, and we pray for the wisdom of God according to James 1.5, we have the mind of Christ. We have the very wisdom of God. And according to Psalm 119, that if I will meditate on the law of the Lord, the word of God, all day long, it will make me wiser than my enemies. It will give me more insight than all of my spiritual teachers and spiritual elders. So now we come to the second part of the helmet of salvation, and that's our first point this morning, and that is the protection of our thought life. The battle for the mind is the most crucial of all the struggles of life. So we put on the helmet of salvation to remind us that we need to allow Christ who is our salvation, to protect our thought life. When a Christian is defeated in spiritual warfare 
by the schemes of the, of the devil, it is most often the result of Satan's ability to infiltrate our thought life. I shared this with you when we looked at Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 13. The majority of the battles we do in spiritual warfare take place right between our two ears. It happens in our minds. Oh, the battles. Oh, the battles that we fight in our minds, in our thought life. It has been said that the mind of a human being is like an ancient castle. Has secret passages. Or secret doors. Passages in your mind. And unfortunately, Satan knows how to unlock every one of those doors if we allow him to. If we allow him to. I don't know about you this morning, but it is frightening how Satan can influence the human consciousness. And even believers, yes, even Christians can be appalled by their own sinful thoughts that come into their minds. There is not a person here this morning, there is not a person here this morning, including me, who wouldn't be humiliated and embarrassed if people knew what we were always thinking. There is no way we would want other people to know all of our thoughts. And when these thoughts are permitted to remain, they fester. And they can damage the health of our spiritual growth. They can damage our growth in Christ. And when a Christian allows sinful thoughts to dwell in his mind, he loses his grip on reality. We all do this. We lose our grip on what is real. We begin to be afraid. We fear things that aren't even there. We fear things that might happen that may never happen. We begin to be afraid. We think someone hates us. We think they don't like us. We think they're talking about us. We think they don't care about us. We think they don't love us. We think God doesn't care. We wonder, where is God? He doesn't seem to know what I'm going through. He doesn't seem to understand what I'm enduring. And you begin to have a warped perception of what reality is. And when you continue to think and dwell on evil thoughts, you are losing the battle. Let me say that again. When you continue to think and dwell on evil thoughts, you are losing the battle and your desire for righteousness is dealt a devastating blow. It is possible. It is possible for a Christian to become a slave to sinful thoughts. If we do not appeal to Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within us, it is possible even for a Christian to become a slave to their own sinful thoughts. It is of the utmost importance that the mind of the believer be constantly protected. And that's why we have the helmet of salvation. So please, I want to share this with you this morning. 
Although Satan may produce unwholesome thoughts in the mind of a Christian, the believer is never compelled to let them stay. You are never, never, never a helpless victim. And do not allow yourself to think you are. You are never a helpless victim. It is within the capability of every Christian in Christ by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to refuse the thoughts that Satan tries to influence you with. With every temptation, with every temptation, God provides a way out. 1 Corinthians 10.13 With every temptation, God provides a way out. So I want to share this with you, and this gets to the very heart and soul of the helmet of salvation. We take the helmet of salvation when we guard our minds against sinful thoughts and seek to fill our minds with Scripture. We take the helmet of salvation when we guard our minds against sinful thoughts and seek to fill our minds instead with the precious truths and promises of the Word of God. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever, I can't even, I, I had it down and now I lost it. <laughs> whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Think on these things. Do you know what that means? Think on Scripture. Because every pure thought, every excellent thought, every praiseworthy thought that you have ultimately finds its reference point in Scripture itself. 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power for demolishing strongholds. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Do you know what that is? That is the helmet of salvation. We must guard our minds not only against thoughts of lust, thoughts of impurity, thoughts of worldly, secular philosophy, but let's be really real this morning. We have to protect our minds against thoughts of anger and bitterness and jealousy and envy toward other people, yes, even toward other Christians. Some of the greatest battles that any of us here this morning will fight are thoughts, unkind thoughts about other people, even other Christians. My guess is right now, many of you are doing battle with hurtful thoughts toward other Christians, toward other people, people that you perceive have hurt you, 
and caused pain in your life. We take the helmet of salvation when we guard our minds against sinful thoughts and seek to fill our minds with Scripture. First, the helmet of salvation is reminding ourselves that we have the very wisdom of Christ. Second, the helmet of salvation is the protection of our thought life and seeking to fill our minds with Scripture. That brings us to the third part of the armor of God. Or excuse me, the helmet of salvation. And that's our second point. The future hope of our salvation. The third part of the helmet of salvation is this great hope that we have. This future hope related to our salvation in Christ. Now, what I want to do here is I want to share a little background with you. But I don't want this to be confusing because this also has three parts, but they're not the same three parts. So, take the three parts of the helmet of salvation and set it aside for just a minute. I'm going to talk now about the three parts of our salvation. The salvation that we have in Christ. There are three aspects of our salvation. Past, present, and future. Now let me explain this to you. Some of you know this well. Some of you may not know this at all. So I think it's a good thing for us as believers to review on a regular basis. First of all, when you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you receive him into your life, repent of your sin, trust Christ as Lord and Savior, at that moment in your life, you are saved from the penalty of sin. You are no longer under sin's condemnation and you are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. We call that justification. You are justified in the sight of God and he no longer holds your sin against you and will no, you are no longer under the danger of one day being punished and judged ultimately for your sin. So we have been saved in the past from the penalty of sin. But there is a second part or aspect of our salvation. In the present, we are being saved from the power of sin. That is called sanctification. That means right now in our lives, we are seeking to, to overcome the power of sin by Christ in us, the hope of glory, by the indwelling of the resurrected and living Christ, and by the power of his Holy Spirit, we are seeking to live out who we really are. I am righteous in Christ. I am clothed in his righteousness. And every day I seek to match my practice with my position, to live out who I really am. And there is a third aspect of our salvation, and that is called the future part. One day in the future, when we die or the rapture happens, we will be saved from the very presence of sin. We will truly be set free. No more sin. This is called glorification. So there is justification, 
there is sanctification and there is glorification. We have been saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin. And one day we will be saved from the very presence of sin. Why do I share this with you? Because the helmet of salvation refers to the future aspect of our salvation. It's this third aspect. And it is so important that we constantly remember and keep in mind every single day when we put on the helmet of salvation this great future hope that we have. I need to know every day there's going to be an end to the battle. There is a goal that we are fighting toward. There is there is a finish line. The helmet of salvation is confidence in a full, final, total salvation to come. It is the confidence, praise God, that someday the battle will be over. When we fight, when we fight, we always keep an eye on heaven. We keep fighting and persevering because there is an end in sight. It was once said that the test of a Christian's character is what it takes to get him to quit, to give up. And as Satan attacks you in your thought life, one of his greatest attacks is in the area of discouragement. Oh, how he wants to discourage you He wants you to give up. He wants you to say, it's not worth it. He wants you to say, I'm tired of fighting. The helmet of salvation protects me from losing my spiritual strength. The helmet of salvation protects me from giving up and from growing weary. I have a hope I have a hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that someday I'm going to burst into the glorious light of the presence of my Lord Jesus Christ. One day it's all going to be over and I will stand in the presence of Jesus himself. But I, I don't know about you, I don't want to stand in the presence of my precious Savior with shame on my face Because I quit. Because I quit in the middle of the battle. I want to be in the presence of Jesus and be able to say, I may be bruised and I may be bleeding, but I'm here and I fought Satan all the way to the end. That is the hope of our salvation. The helmet of salvation says there is coming a great day, a great day of victory. And if you are faithful all the way through, there will be a marvelous reward there. Oh, folks, brothers and sisters, do not let Satan rob you of your joy. Do not let him rob you of hearing one day, well done, good and faithful servant. Do not let him rob you of that. Do not let him take away the hope that keeps you committed every day of your Christian life. And that is why you take the helmet of salvation. 
I believe that God wants us to keep refining our view of death. Death is not the end. In many ways, it is only the beginning. Paul said, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O grave, is your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we lose a loved one, and I know many of you here have lost a loved one who knows Christ. When we lose them, when they die, there is a profound sense of loss. But we must keep in mind, we must always keep in mind, they have truly entered into God's rest. Their battle is over. No more fighting, no more war. We should never wish them back. Death is scary. Sometimes it is frightening. But we have to remember that in Christ, we have victory over the grave. We have victory over death. Christ has conquered sin and death. Christ has conquered the grave. And you know how often I need to know that? I need to know that every single day of my life. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, the Apostle Paul is coming near the end of his life. In fact, these are some of the last words he ever writes. And he knows he's going to die. At this point, in 2 Timothy, his last book, he knows he's going to die. And this is what he writes, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Not just for me, but to all who have longed for the appearing of Jesus. In Romans 13, as Paul writes to the churches in Rome, he tells them, the time is coming near. Our death is always on the horizon. So take up the armor of God. Romans 13, verses 11 and 12, he says this, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and watch this and put on the armor of light. Do you know what the armor of light is? It's the armor of God described in Ephesians chapter 6. So the Bible is interpreting the Bible. It's commenting on itself. Folks, our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. 
The day is almost here. You know what the day is? It's our great victory beyond the grave. So put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. But if there is one verse in the New Testament that is a perfect parallel for the helmet of salvation in Ephesians 6, it is 1 Thessalonians 5.8. In 1 Thessalonians 5.8, again, the Apostle Paul, he writes this. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Put on the hope of salvation as a helmet. Well, our third point this morning is our conclusion. And not just the conclusion of this morning, but the conclusion of the last two Sundays together. Let me try to bring together what is this helmet of salvation. This piece of armor is called the helmet of salvation because everything about it flows from our salvation in Christ. So when we put on the salvation, or excuse me, the helmet of salvation, we are constantly reminded of what it means to have the salvation of Jesus Christ. Because of our salvation, we have access to the wisdom of God. Because of our salvation, we of all people should protect our thought life and fill our mind with scripture. Because of our salvation, we have great hope that one day, The battle will be over and we will live in the very presence of Christ. The battle for the mind is the most crucial battlefield in our spiritual warfare. Therefore, therefore, take the helmet of salvation. Let's pray together. Father, We thank you for the armor of God. We thank you that we can put it on each and every day. We thank you that Christ is our wisdom. We thank you that Christ is the protector of our thought life. We thank you that Christ has given us great hope in our salvation. Great hope beyond the grave. Oh Lord, help us to put that helmet on today and tomorrow and every day to come. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.